God who understands our humanity and he, he understands what it is to be tempted. He understands what it is to be human, but he's fully God and he's always able. Amen? Amen. I feel like I just got a little bit of feed. We, we, we fixed the, the, the crackles and uh, praise God for that. Good morning and this morning, welcome if, again. If it is your first time here with us, welcome. We pray you have a, a great time with us. Last week we began a new series uh, looking at the book of 2 Timothy and the title of our series this, this, uh, this time is Transformed for a Glorious Purpose. And as we looked at the book of Timothy last week, um, we, we looked at the fact that Paul said his message was that life can be found through faith in Jesus Christ. That through faith we have all that we need in Christ. It's through faith that we receive it and we have all spiritual blessings through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And if you can't say amen, you need to go back and listen to the, the, the podcast from last week and uh, be encouraged um, that we have been transformed for a glorious purpose and it's all through faith. It's not about us transforming ourselves, it's about what God can do in and through us and it's for His glory and not for our glory. Thank you, Lord. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and we're going to continue to read this morning from verse 6. And before we start to read, actually, Romans 12 verse 2, the verse that the kids are doing is their memory verse in kids' church this morning and all this term, says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Now I've had that thought rolling around my mind all week that God's will for, for us is good, pleasing and perfect. And I, I pray that that will impact your heart, that you'll have revelation of what that means, that His will for you is good, pleasing and perfect. It's Him that does the transformation. It's Him that does all things through His body. He is the head. We simply channels to be used by Him. Uh, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 and just before we read verse 6 because it starts off with the phrase this is why I remind you to remind you what he's saying this is why he's saying to Timothy Paul's saying I remember your genuine faith I know you have a genuine faith in Jesus Christ that you have a faith just like your mother and your grandmother did you've got the faith so verse 6 this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And verse 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for Him. With the strength God, strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us, and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan before the, from before the beginning of time, to show us His grace through Christ Jesus. Verse 10, And now He has made, us, made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Saviour. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, 
For I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygleus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Let's just pray together now. Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive, that you are the the living word. God, we just thank you for the word, your Bible. God, we thank you for speaking to us, for bringing revelation to us this morning through your word. I just pray, Lord, that you would, as it even says in this passage, that you are the one who illuminates the way for us, that you would stir faith within us this morning, God. God, I just pray for different ones here today, that you would speak into their situations, their circumstance, that you would prepare us, that you would shape us, and that you would mold us, that you would continue to transform us for your glorious purposes, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask the question, have you ever felt ashamed? You don't have to answer that out loud, just think about that for a moment. You know, at times we feel ashamed. Sometimes we we feel ashamed of things we've done, sometimes it's things we've said. And sadly, sometimes we can even be ashamed of, of an aspect of who we are. I think it's really sad when people can be ashamed of something about them that is just simply who they have been created. Because they've been created in the image of God. Maybe it's how they look, maybe it's how they speak, maybe it's something about their origins. But sometimes people can actually be ashamed of the person that they are. And I want to say to us, church, that let's never be a person who brings shame on a person for who they are. Because they are the made in the image of our God and our Saviour in heaven. Let's never bring shame on one another. You know, there, there is a time where, where conviction, godly conviction, brings sorrow and repentance. There is a sense of shame for our sin that is good and right. There is a sense of, of sadness for the things we have done. But when we give our life to Jesus Christ, when we surrender to Him and our sin is forgiven... There is no more shame. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We are free. We are new creations. We have been transformed. That's what last week was all about. And we don't need to feel any shame. If you look up the word ashamed, it talks about being embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions or qualities. Or shame, the, the reluctance to do something for fear of humiliation or embarrassment. Now Paul says in verse 8 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Never be ashamed to tell people about our Lord. 
There is no other way to be saved than through Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. This gospel about Jesus, that he has come, that he has made the perfect sacrifice for our sins, it is the hope of the world. There is no other way to be saved than through Jesus Christ. It's not kind of like, oh, which footy team do you go for? Oh, I like this one, this one's good too, that one's okay. No, this is different. This is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. As Paul says, his message was that life comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's never be ashamed to tell others about the hope we have in him. You know, just yesterday, I had an opportunity to have a conversation with someone, and it was fantastic. It was kind of, you know, I got to just ask, you know, what do you believe, this, this person, and, and, and just explore together what they believe and, and why they believe it a little bit, and just beginning to have opportunity, and we're interrupted, and I sort of thought, wow, God, I really want that opportunity, but God's timings are perfect, and just asking that question sometimes, let's never be ashamed to start the conversation. If God leads the conversation a different way, then God, you know what's going on. It's not up to us. We don't change anyone's hearts. It's the Spirit working through us that changes hearts. It's the Holy Spirit working in people's lives that changes hearts. It's not us. But let's never be ashamed. Let's never shrink back from the opportunities we have to tell people about Jesus Christ. When people ask you about your weekend, say, I went to church and include it as part of your story. If you're a part of a life group and you hear something amazing that encourages you, talk about it at work tomorrow. Let's include the things of faith, the things that are important and most dear to us in our lives, in our conversation with one another and those who don't yet know him. Let's not be ashamed. Let's not shrink back. Paul goes on in the next part of the verse, he says, And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. Paul's been preaching about Christ and he's been locked up for it. He's been thrown in prison. In fact, he's been whipped and beaten and shipwrecked and all these other things as well. And Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the message and don't be ashamed of me just because I'm in prison right now. You know that our only hope is in Jesus Christ. You know that Jesus is the answer to our sin problem in this world. And don't stop preaching this message, Timothy. Don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the message simply because I'm in prison right now. You know, I think it's kind of like Paul's acknowledging what Timothy is likely facing. He says in verse 7 to Timothy, he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, Paul. Timothy, Timothy, God hasn't given you this spirit of fear and timidity. It's like he's acknowledging, Timothy, I understand you're tempted to be afraid. You're tempted to be timid. You, you, you're tempted to be ashamed of me because of the pain that I'm going through, because of my chains. But don't shrink back. Point number two it's okay to acknowledge our struggles, but fan into flame God's good gifts. God does not want us to be fake. He does not want us to be fake with one another. He does not want us just to fake it until we make it. He wants us to be real with one another. He wants us to admit our struggles to one another and pray for one another. 
It says to call on the elders of the church and have them pray over you if you're sick. It says call, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. It's okay to acknowledge your struggles. I'd go so far as to say, in fact, it's not okay if we don't acknowledge our struggles. But let's fan into flame the good gift of God, the gifts that God has given us. Let's fan into flame every spiritual gift that He's given us. Let's fan into flame the greatest gift that He has given us, and that is our faith. You may have struggles. You may have things going on. You may feel like, Timothy, and you know someone who's going through something and you're feeling a little bit afraid, a little bit timid because they're going through that, but fan into flame the faith that God has given you and say, God, I thank you that you are the answer to this world's problem. I thank you that you are my saviour, you are my Lord, you are sovereign over all things, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Fan into flame that good gift that God has given you. And I want to suggest to you the two greatest, things, the two greatest gifts that you have been given is number one, faith. And secondly, an opportunity. If you have breath in your lungs, if you have words that come out of your mouth, you have an opportunity. If you know Jesus and you're alive, you have an awesome opportunity. And God wants you to speak out, to fan into flame the good gifts that he has given you and use them for his glory. If you have a family, if you have acquaintances of any kind, good or bad, you have an opportunity to tell people about God's love for them. You may feel uncomfortable, that may be a challenge to you, but you have an opportunity. Paul's saying, yes, there are very real challenges, Timothy, but God has called us to serve. God has called us to be his ambassadors. God has called us to be Christ to the world around us. You know, you may be the only person who knows Jesus in a person's life. I had a phone call from a person this week who I haven't seen for some time. Some of you know this person. And they've been through a whole stack. And I haven't seen this person for a while. And they just rang and said, you know what? My life is a mess but I need some help and I just know that you love me. I know that you care about me and can you help me? <laughs> and you don't know what your life will speak to those around you. Let's give our life, let's give and surrender our life that God would use us for his glory. In verse 8 to 12, Paul goes on to remind Timothy, about the gospel that we have been saved by, what the gospel truly is. In verse 9, he says, God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Who saved us? God did. You did not save yourself. You have not earned it. You have not done enough good things to outweigh your bad things. Jesus died on the cross for my sin. He is the one who saved me. He's the one who's given his life to save you. Not because we deserved it but because this was his plan before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. As we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, he was not a reluctant giver. Jesus did not come reluctantly, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It was his plan to die on that cross for your sin and for mine.
for your neighbor and your friend and that person that hates you. Jesus died on the cross for them too. And he goes on in verse 10. He broke the power of death. It is broken. It is finished. And illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. Praise be to God, we have the word of God to show us the way to life. That it keeps us on the true path. It is, it is the word of God for us to keep us aligned. Verse 12, he says, And I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. You know, Jesus is coming back and he is faithful. He is able to, to protect and to guard and to keep you going through whatever storms or challenges happen in your life. He is able to use you, to guide you, to lead you and he is faithful to lead you on and bring you into eternal life with him no matter what you go through in this life. He is a good, good father and we should not be ashamed of him. Uh, Paul goes on and he says in verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. In other words, Timothy, don't deviate from this truth. Don't deviate from the gospel. Don't add anything to the gospel. It's not faith in Jesus plus good works. It's not faith in Jesus plus do these things and you'll get what you want. It's faith in Jesus Christ that saves. It's the word of God that, that shows us the way to life. Don't deviate from this good pattern you've learned, Timothy. I've shown you the truth. You know the truth. Don't listen to those other voices. You know, I want to say there's so many voices in our world. There are so many YouTube clips, there's so many podcasts, there are so many whatever you want to look at, things out there. But if it deviates from God's word, if it adds anything to faith in Jesus Christ, throw it away. We want to understand the, hope, the faith we have. We want to understand the hope we have in God's word. But if it adds anything to faith in Jesus Christ, then we're being deceived. Let's hold on to this pattern shaped by faith and love in Jesus Christ. Then Tim, uh, Paul goes on in verse 15 talking to Timothy and he says, You know what, Timothy? Everyone in the whole province of Asia has deserted me. Paul's alone. He's in prison. And you kind of get the picture that Paul's saying to Timothy, you know, Timothy, this is really hard. I, I am in prison. The whole province of Asia has deserted me and I am alone. But you know what, Timothy? Don't be ashamed. Keep going. Don't stop this is the, the, the gospel message. This is the hope of the world. This is the saviour that we've been waiting for. And I think his message to Timothy, his message to us, is even if no one else remains, don't stop sharing, teaching, and guarding this truth. There are many voices that will come and try and add and twist and change this gospel message we have in Jesus Christ. But as Christians, as followers of Christ, we all as a body and as individuals need to guard this truth. We need to share this truth. We need to teach this truth. It's so important that we don't just, don't, don't just listen to your pastor and go, he's got it sorted out. 
because he's got questions too. I can get things wrong. Read the Word of God. Come back to the Word of God. Study the Word of God together. Join a life group that can help you study the Word of God. Even if no one else remains, don't stop. Don't deviate. Don't change the message because the gospel of Jesus Christ, faith in Him, is the hope of all the world. And Paul goes on and and says, you know, Timothy, everyone's abandoned me. But there was this one guy on, on Isiphorus. Kind of sounds like a dinosaur, doesn't he? Onisophorus, Tyrannosaurus, Brontosaurus, Onisophorus. I wonder if it was like this really big guy with a spiky hair cut or something. like. Had like a really deep voice, Onisophorus. Sorry, that's my imagination. There's this one guy, Onisophorus. He says, you know what, Timothy, everyone has abandoned me except for this one guy, Onisophorus. And he searched me out. He came to Rome and he searched me out. He looked everywhere and he found me and he encouraged me and he just keeps coming back. And Paul says, God's blessing be upon this man and his household. He has been such an encouragement to me, Timothy. And I just wonder if, if, if Paul's kind of reminding Timothy, like, it might feel like everyone's turned against you. It might feel like you're the only one left. But Timothy, praise God for the encouragers around you. Praise God for the one, the two, those couple of people you know that have just continued to encourage you. You might feel like the world's turned against you, Timothy, but God is for you and there are still people left around you that love you and care for you and want to encourage you, Timothy. God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. God is with you and praise God for the encouragers, Timothy. Church, praise God for the encouragers that you have around you. Praise God that we can be a part of a fellowship that come together and worship Him. That we don't have to be ashamed, that we don't have to be afraid to come and meet together and praise our God and Saviour in heaven. I want to encourage you to praise and thank and, and honour those people in your life that encourage you. And I want to say thank you to those people I know within our church that this week have, have gone out of your way to, I know, encourage and support and visit people who are sick in hospital, who are just struggling, who are just, you're going out of your way to be an encourager. I just want to say thank you for what you do. Because I am so aware that as a pastor, as, as one person, I cannot do everything I would like to do in a week. And if we're going to see the city of Colac know Jesus, if we're going to see thousands of people come to know Jesus, it's going to take... I was going to say hundreds. It's not going to take hundreds of people. It's going to take thousands of people to reach the thousands of people. We need hundreds of encouragers, hundreds of people who would teach and, and, and encourage people in the Word of God if we're going to see people come to know Jesus. Every one of us has been called. Every one of us has been appointed to be His hands, His feet, to be His mouthpiece to the world. Praise God for the encouragers. Thank them for it. And I want to ask you, how can we be one just a little more? How can we be one just a little more? What's, what's God enabled you to do? Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's visiting someone. Maybe it's just sending someone a text. Maybe it's just simply praying for someone and they'll never even know what you're doing. But let's ask God how we can be an encourager to someone else. That we can be an onisophorus. When it feels like the world has turned against someone, that they've still got 
one person that can say, that person visited me. That person encouraged me. Let's be encouragers, church. You know, we're all very, 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 very different. Did you know that? We are all so different. But how has God gifted you? How has God created you? How has he enabled you? You know, just this morning as Mandy was sharing, I was just thinking, I'm sure Mandy won't mind me saying this, but I know there have been times when Mandy has felt inadequate in her role as a worship director. So you know, you know what? She only stuck at it for 40 years. <laughs> I know myself, there are times when I feel like I'm inadequate to do a certain thing that God is calling me to, that he's stirring my heart towards. But we've just got to say, God, if this is you, have your way in me. And we could look at Ephesians 4, we could look at Romans 12. I don't want to go there this morning. If you want to look at some of the particular gifts that God's Word talks about, read through Ephesians 4, read through Romans 12. But I want to say to you this morning that the gifts you have may not just be the gifts that you think of when you think of your gifts. When you think of your gifts, maybe you think, oh, I'm really good at... I'm not even going to name any... <laughs> Don't limit yourself to the gifts that you think you have. I remember when we had Pastor Dr. Barry Chant here talking about spiritual gifts a couple of years ago. How he talked about how the, the, the passages that, that talk about the spiritual gifts we have. A number of places where it uses those, those things, it's talking about not just gifts that we have for a lifetime, but gifts that God gives us in a season. And if you have an opportunity, you have a gift. If you have an opportunity, you have a, an opening to, to be used by God, you have a gift. You may have other gifts that you can refine and grow in and use for God's glory, but how can God use you? What gift has God given you that you can use for His glory? We have been transformed for a glorious purpose, church. It is finished. Jesus has done it all. We are new creations in Christ. We don't have to wait till next year when we've sort of got ourselves a bit more together. We don't have to wait till we've been to Bible college and sort of got our heads around the whole thing a little bit better. We don't have to wait until, you know, I've just got to fix this up and this up and this up in my life. Sure, we need to be following Him. We need to be listening to Him. But we have been transformed for a glorious purpose. Amen, Theo. <laughs> it's, it's unusual to, start, uh, to end your message with your title, but this morning we've been transformed and let's not be ashamed to serve. I think sometimes we can shrink back, sometimes we can be discouraged, we can be ashamed of something we've done or we can be a, a little bit afraid and timid and shrink back and choose not to serve. But let's understand, let's, let's remember, let's remind ourselves and fan into flame the good gift that God has given us, which is faith in Him. Let's not be ashamed because all condemnation is gone through Christ Jesus. And let's rise up as His church. Let's rise up as the people God has created us to be and live for His glory. Because He is worthy. Let's get our eyes on Him because He is the one that we preach. 
He is the one who is the answer of the world. It's not us. It's Jesus Christ. And we want to be simply arrows and messengers pointing towards him. Can we stand? I'm going to ask the band to come. And I just want to finish by praying for us today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's fan into flame the gift God has given us. Let's build ourselves up in the Lord. Let's continue to encourage one another, meeting together and encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Because He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy. He is the hope of the world. Lord God, we thank you so much for your love for us. That God, you do not bring shame upon us. Lord, we thank you that you bring godly conviction to our hearts so we would know you, that you bring faith into our life. And Lord, you don't want us to go forward feeling ashamed and condemned and fearful. But Lord, you have given us a spirit of love. You've given us a spirit of power. You've given us a a spirit of self-discipline, Lord God. We just thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, we thank you that you would, we ask, Lord, that you would fan into flame the faith we have. For anyone here today, they feel like their faith is just a flicker right now. God, I just pray that you would fan into flame that good gift that you have given. Lord, we know that our faith is not just positive thinking. Lord, our faith is in you, the solid rock on which we stand. Lord God, I just pray that you would just, even now, God, bring revelation of your faithfulness. Bring revelation of your goodness. Bring revelation of your power to work within us and through us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. This morning, if there's anyone here today and you've never recognize you've never understood what Jesus did on the cross that he died for you in your place that you could be forgiven and have eternal life this morning the Bible says if anyone calls on his name he is faithful and he will forgive anyone who acknowledges their sin and turns to him well God I just pray for anyone who's in that place today that they're hearing Lord Jesus that you died on the cross for their sin Lord God, we just admit our sinfulness. Lord, we recognize those things that we have done, Lord, that we are not proud of, Lord. We recognize our sin, Lord God, but we thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven and have new life and even eternal life with you, God. If that's your prayer this morning, God hears your prayer. It says all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. When one person surrenders their life to Jesus Christ and says, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. It says all of heaven rejoice, and we want to rejoice with you this morning too. If that's you, we'd love to, to tell somebody this morning that if that's you. Now, we have such an amazing God in heaven who loves us. He is a good, good Father. And we're going to finish. We sing this song. Let's just think about His goodness. Let's just think about what he has done and give him the glory together this morning.